Hello and welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host as always Sarah Travers and throughout this series I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth and find out crucially how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today in the podcast studio, I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Buckley, editor and publisher of the Business Eye magazine. Richard, you're very welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Sarah. Great to be here. Well, before we begin, I'm going to give a little bit of background to you, Richard, and your business. So Richard, by trade, is a journalist uh, who has worked for Morton Newspapers, Belfast Telegraph Newspapers and Greer Publications during his career. And alongside his wife and business partner, Brenda, he helped establish Business Eye in 1999. And since then, it has grown in stature to become the leading business magazine serving the Northern Ireland marketplace. Aimed at readers in senior management positions across the spectrum of business in Northern Ireland, Ireland and further afield, Business Eye has gained an enviable reputation for its quality, its style and its content. The magazine is written and produced to appeal to the widest possible business audience from owners, managers of small businesses to large organisations and indeed the public sector. So Richard is the former Irish Magazine Editor of the Year and Northern Ireland Business Journalist of the Year. So Richard, honestly, great introduction there. It's uh, a pleasure to have you in the studio. I've known you for some time now, but congratulations on all the accolades and having such a wonderful career and business to date. But I always like to go back a bit and find out a bit more about the man, even the boy. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how it all started with you. Where are you from? Well, I'm from East Belfast, born and born and bred in East Belfast. My father ran a hardware shop on the Balmond Road, and it's one of those things that I, I still meet people, uh, older people who will remember the shop and ask me about that, about you know why I didn't go into it. And funny enough, my father would have been quite keen, I think, that I'd done that, but... I think it was a hardware shop. It was overtaken by the big B&Qs and so on back in the day. So it, uh, he ended up uh, drifting off and playing golf for most of the rest of his of his life. So and did you spend any really time in the shop? Well, bits and pieces, yeah. bits and pieces. Used to go in and do that. I don't think I was an awful lot of use. I think, uh, I think maybe it became clear to him that maybe I wasn't his natural successor, you know. So journalism is something I wanted to do from a very early age. I went, uh, went to Campbell College in Belfast and really I used to go to football matches and write up reports and... Do a bit of, uh, loved a bit of creative writing, plus, uh, you know, writing about news and so on, just on a very amateur level. So it was always the thing for me. What's, what's hard to believe now is I've done 40 years and just over 40 years. Mm, and there are by. a few others around Belfast who are a bit the same. And, you know, it's, it's a long, long time when you look back. But I think I've enjoyed, I wouldn't say I've enjoyed every minute. That's probably an exaggeration, but I've certainly enjoyed, enjoyed my career. I really have done and no plans to retire at the moment. Well, I think the thing about journalism, and I, I, I share that, uh, mm. you know, vocation, I suppose it is a bit of a calling, really. You love people, you love your stories. Um, but also, it gives you opportunities, doesn't it? And yeah. it gives you, opens yeah. doors to, the, to, to yeah. situations and experiences that Absolutely. you wouldn't get anywhere else. Oh, very much. So it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant thing to do, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't dissuade anyone from doing it. You know, I've got two sons. 
sons, by the way, two older sons, neither of whom are heading in this direction. So it's a bit like my father and me all over again. They're going in a in totally different directions, scientific directions, which would not have been my thing. But journalism, do you think it's it's changed from oh. when you were starting out? Completely? Yeah, but I, I suppose everyone says mm-hmm. this about whatever they do. But yes, I mean, journalism really has uh, the the big change, of course, being the move away from print towards digital, and it's probably something we'll talk about mm-hmm. as as we get into this uh, this chat today. So it, yes, of course, it's changed. And it's the, 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 but the, the basic nature, whether it's digital, print, broadcast, probably hasn't changed so much. It's still the same job. It's still about talking to people. It's still about doing what you're doing, interviewing people. And it's still about getting the, the news, the sport, whatever out there. And how did you actually formalise that trade then? What was the first job or how did you train? I trained, I left school at A-levels, didn't go to university, uh, which uh, members of my family and my wife's family keep reminding me. And then I uh, I went straight into the College of Business Studies back in those days. It's now, what, the Maldron Hotel in the, in the middle of Belfast and did the one-year NCTJ course, which quite a quite a number of people did back in the day. You know, people like Eamon Holmes. Absolutely, that was and, what uh, you did. I mean, you didn't go to university. Oh, to no, study you journalism. And you, you went there and you did shorthand, yeah. you did typing, yeah. you did a little bit of law, which has always stood me in good stead, mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a bit of government, public administration, it was called, and you, you learned, you know, we, we had a, a lady called Joan Fitzpatrick, who was our tutor back in those days, an old, an old school journalist, and she just drummed the whole thing into us, and it's stuff that stayed with me ever since, it really has. So at that time, I would imagine, um, you know, it was a pretty difficult time in Northern Ireland and the troubles were dominating. Is that where you find yourself writing about? Yeah, I mean, we look, we we, we were we were in the city centre then. And back in those days, you know, there were bombs going off, particularly on uh, on Fridays. Fridays was always a bomb day. It was a strange thing. And uh, you were in and you were in, you were out, you know, you were evacuated. So, yeah, you were surrounded by this. You know, I remember. You know, back then, yes, you were tempted. We had to do projects. We had to do uh, articles. And largely everyone wrote about the troubles. I remember, though, being drawn to probably the only business story around back in those days, and that was DeLorean. And DeLorean and those, was just setting up in those. And back in those days, that was incredibly exciting because no one uh, showed any interest in Northern Ireland whatsoever. And suddenly with this... Uh, glamorous uh, American coming in and investing in a, in, a, in a factory producing sports cars. And it was oh. unbelievable. So that was the thing. I remember doing my, my, my project stories, my thing all around that. You so know? what year so would maybe that the, have been? maybe there was an early interest in business. I, I'd you know? say that's exactly yeah, what it yeah, was. And yeah. what, what year would that have been? 70, 78, 79. And I did went, you get an interview? No, oh. no, no. God, it, we had to just deal with different people on the ground. There were some Americans that he'd sent over, and we, you know, there was a couple of us working in this, and we, we were only students. We couldn't, we couldn't, re- the, any interviews that were going were going to the BBC or they were going to uh, yeah. UTV, they were going to the Telegraph. We had no chance. But we still wrote about it, and we, did, we talked to as many people as we could on union representatives. We talked to uh, oh, loads of different people to see what they could tell us about the plant and what the plans were, you know. Hugely exciting. Oh, um, great. So where yeah. was the first job? My first job, Morton Newspapers, and I started on Farm Week, uh-huh. uh, which for a guy who was brought up in... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suburban East Belfast. Uh, it was interesting. Yes, haven't so, seen many cows. Uh, haven't seen, well, I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, out of a car window. But uh, so that was. But actually, it was a great. It was a great uh, training. Really, but had a great editor called Hal Crow who lived up until a couple of years ago. And um, again, old school guy smoked his pipe and uh, edited his copy at the desk. And 
really good grounding, really good grounding right away. And just to, uh, the, the the lack of knowledge in the subject matter was uh, less of a problem than you might imagine. Sometimes it was, when but I, I asked questions, you know, and you had to just ask and say, How, what is this? How do I do this? Well, that's what you did. You learned yeah. from those people. And if you could um, stay on their right side, because newsrooms at that mm. time, they were pretty scary places. I remember my first uh, sort of experience, you know, people were, hot, everything moved at a fast pace. And it was it was tough. It was sink or swim, and tempers were frayed at a, times. Especially in the in the times when you were when you yes. were working there, a bit bit less so in Farm Week. We were a bit more <laughs> relaxed. There's a bit more pipe smoking going on, and well, that was, was nice. uh, you know, and we were sent out to agricultural shows and these these kind of markings. So it was. Uh, Perhaps a little bit frenetic, a little bit less frenetic than it would have been on a on a mainstream news desk. Yeah. Okay, so you progressed, and um, as I said in the introduction, Morton newspapers followed by Belfast Telegraph newspapers yep. and Greer publications. But what made you want to start your own business? I suppose I'd worked for a long time in in journalism. I met, uh, well, I, I became editor of Ulster Business, uh, now our rival publication oh. uh, at Business Eye. So that's an interesting one. Um, and became group editor, in fact, of the, the Greer publication Stable, which was Ulster Grocer and License and Catering News uh, mm-hmm. Specify. Uh, and it was at that stage that I met my wife, my now wife, Brenda, ah. who uh, came in as uh, advertising manager. So she was selling the advertising, doing the commercial stuff. I was looking after the content, which is kind of what we still do, but we'll move on to that perhaps. Yeah. Um, and we decided at one stage that we were going to go into PR. Uh, as a as a diversion, it's one of those things, as you probably well know, that a lot of journalists do. Yeah, they move into PR and associated marketing fields. Wasn't really my thing, Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did it for a couple of years. Um, oh, so you gave it a go? Give it a go, mm-hmm. but I didn't really feel all that comfortable with mm-hmm. it. I found it a bit difficult trying to. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but trying to justify the the bills that we were sending out. Let's uh-huh. say you know. And, we bit um, emperor's new clothes at times. It's just difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find it really difficult. Uh, after a while, it's quite likely at the start. And so then we started to plan, Brenda and myself, and um, the obvious thing for us to do was to get back to our roots. Brenda had spent had had grown up in newspapers, uh, doing advertising for newsletter and other publications. Uh, I had you know gone through the route that you've described. So it was a natural thing for us to think about doing our own thing, and our own thing had to be, we thought, a magazine. So but we, and, alongside and be, that came the, oh my goodness, we're going to have to go out on our own and we yes. ha- now have to be the yes. the competition to the current exactly. boss. So exactly. how difficult was that? It was difficult. It was it was a big jump, but we talked about it, we talked about it, we talked to people, we talked to a lot of different business people who said, yes, we'll support you, you're good at what you do, we'll but then it's one thing, promising these sort of, or, or I wouldn't say promising, but suggesting they were going to support us, it's an entirely different thing when you then go and say, right, put your money where your mouth is. So it's a challenge. And we had, you know, but we thought, no, we could do this. We were, we just had to take a leap of faith. But that's like anyone, anyone in business. I think anyone in, and you're interviewing quite a few of them in this series, people who take a, who take a leap, they have to take, it's literally taking a leap. You've Every got to single say, person right, says the same thing. Yes. You know, we've got to do it. And you just, it's a, you just got to jump and, and, and do it. Where you married at the time? Uh, at that, yeah, we were. Yeah, oh, yeah right. by that. we were married during our PR days. Yeah, yes. we got married during our PR days. So uh, and then, so we and get a good splash yeah, on, a, on the local papers. And young, <laughs> and uh, you're young, or well, one young child at that stage. Ah. But when we, when we, which wasn't entirely, we, you know, perhaps it could have been planned a little bit better. But anyway, we'd one young child just when we were. Uh, 
in the formative years of the uh, of business eye. So tough enough, you know. Tough enough, but no regrets. No, oh, absolutely none. I mean, look, you know, back then, uh, we'd we'd many a sleepless night. We where we'd both be thinking, oh God, you know, we've got a magazine out now. How do we get paid? How do we? Uh, when does the money start coming in to pay for? And this is, you know, but again, anybody in business will will know that feeling. Doesn't matter whether they're in magazines or whether they're in, you know, whatever they're doing, it's the same feeling, oh my God, we need the money to come in and uh, how are we going to get through? Then things start to settle down, I think. And, uh, so how much lead time before the first publication hit the shelves? How much? We started, we uh, we left our previous employment at Christmas, really, of 1998, that would be. And then January 1999, we, we, we moved into an office in the Mount Business Centre in East Belfast, um, still there. And uh, I, you know, I remember sitting there, you know, really looking at each other about the way we're doing now, going, uh, right, oh, okay. here we do, we've got what to do, we do this. And um, we had a, 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 a lead, we produced our first magazine in March, oh so we had a couple of months. Yeah, and then, but then monthly from then on, so we had to just keep going. So it wasn't a lot of time. You. And we had to find printers, we had to find, uh, well, no, we, yeah, well, two of us initially, yes, yeah. we, we didn't take on our first employee until two years into the business. Oh, so, my goodness. So yeah. were you relying on freelancers and yeah, we, associates? Well, yeah, and yeah, well, you're using printers, you're subcontracted printers, yeah. subcontracted designers, everything else. We just simply uh, did the content subcontract uh, photographers as well were brought in everyone else came in to help us in that way but we did the selling we did the content you know it was quite a lot yeah. and at what point did you start paying yourselves uh, i suppose we, we started paying ourselves fairly quickly within a couple of months yeah but Good. we it was uh, because we had it structured and that we had to we had no other uh, no other means of keeping ourselves afloat so uh, but the business took you know once it was going for five or six months things started to look a little bit steadier yeah it's and just that initial period that keeps you awake at night. But that's the thing. I mean, you've taken the risk. You're in it and you just have to, you know, knuckle down and get on with it. Yeah. Do you remember your first cover? Oh, yes. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. And it was uh, it was shorts. We did it back, back then. We called them shorts. Bombardier yeah. now. Uh, in those days, and the chief, the chief executive then was a guy called Ken Brundle, uh, who was around business here and involved in CBI and so on for a number of years. And he was our first, uh, our first cover, and I remember it well. We still got, still got a couple of them. Yeah, very kept special. For, kept for prosperity, posterity, you know. So, uh, yeah, really, I remember it well. I can picture it now while I'm talking to you. And yeah, did you yeah. do the interview with him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I remember again. I remember sitting in a, in a boardroom. I think you would call it in 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 the main shorts Bombardier site down at Airport Road, and talking to him there. And uh, he, luckily, he was a very good interview subject very uh, very knowledgeable and very good at passing it on because I had to learn a bit of this uh, I, you know I'd done I'd done I'd done my Ulster business years but uh, I still had to keep you you keep learning with business I'm a bit more comfortable now 40 years down the line yeah. but uh, you know some business people uh, talked in a certain way that could could go right over your head no doubt about that back you know so it, it was a bit of learning involved in that too This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk 
or contact 028 3026 2200. And that's the thing as well. So many people have sat where you are today and they've got very successful businesses, but they never saw themselves as a business person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. a journalist. And I would be a journalist, but I have my own business. I, I come across that quite a lot. Actually, talking to business people, uh, you know, when I'm interviewing business people, a lot of them seem to still labour under the misapprehension that they're not business people, yeah. that they're something else. And uh, but there's some, but there are some brilliant people, you know, who you meet, and you, but they they just don't have any real. Sometimes don't have the faith in themselves. But maybe that's a Northern Ireland thing too. I think it is. We're a bit the lacking old, in that front, aren't we? The old imposter syndrome. Mm. Sometimes when we're competing, as soon as we mention growth or expanding into other markets suddenly yeah. you know we can yeah. suddenly feel inferior oh, for sure. you know you know there's that there's um, no doubt. so ken brundles on the front cover did you get a scoop out of him that day uh, that's probably stretching it a bit too far no but i think we got bits and pieces about their plans and so on that were that they yeah I, i'd like to think might have been but i looking back probably not if i'm going to be absolutely honest with that one you know but, you'd but agree, then, it was but a then we're not really we're not really built on scoops that's no. the one thing i would say we're we're a monthly and i've always said this you know we're not. We do a bit of news stuff, but it's not. It's it's news in a more considered way. So obviously, if a big business story breaks today, uh, you know we're not going to cover it probably for another couple of weeks in no. print. But although, you know, digitally it's a different ball game now. So that's uh, it. That that puts a different light on. But back then, no, we didn't. Uh, the, the scoops would have been few and far between. But they, they did happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. even getting the scoop of getting him on the front cover yeah, was amazing. And, yeah. and, and you know, you, that that was such an amazing moment for you, I'm sure. And you see yourself well, getting there the magazine. I was just up fantastic. There and maybe sitting yeah. next to. Oh yeah. Ulster business, etc. Oh yeah, we did a little launch. I remember in a restaurant which is long gone in Great Victoria Street in Belfast, and we, you know, we had all the magazines and we had lots of people posing with, far too many people posing with copies of the magazine, but naively we had loads and loads of photographs of people all standing the same way. And <laughs> but we were, uh, but we were so proud of it. You know, so proud, so proud so. to get it out there, you know. And rightly so. And there you go. You see there the marketing kicks yeah. in because at that stage you'd know social media. Yeah. Um, and it no, really no. was about, no. you know, how did how did you tell people that this was out there? there? How yeah, It's right. totally different. Now. I think people nowadays oh, don't get that. Completely instant. No, they don't get it. No, they don't get it. No, we had, we, had, we had no way of doing it. No, you're absolutely right. So we literally had to give people a free glass of wine and a bit of lunch and hand them magazines and take photographs and then do our own publicity. And, uh, you but know. you were well connected and you'd all oh, your yeah. journalists. Well, we could do that. Pals yes, to say right. you wouldn't give us that's a mention right. here, there and that's everywhere. Right. Great. That's right. That's right. All right, so what happened next then? Obviously, you know, fast forward and we're sitting here now and 2022 and you are absolutely thriving, but not without challenges, I'm sure, along oh, the way. Oh, God, no. I mean, look, we had to, we, we have to develop the business, first of all, back in those days, back at the, uh, back in 1999, 19, then into the, into the, uh, the noughties, I suppose it's called. That was developing, that was just building it up and it purely print only, uh, but obviously, what's changed in more recent years is it's, it's built right. It's become a print stroke digital operation, and that is that has been the big change. The other one, uh, I suppose, is events. We we moved after three or four years into business awards. We thought it was a natural fit, mm -hmm. and we launched the first Business Eye Awards, uh, and they're they're now in their sixteenth year, coming up to their sixteenth year. So and they're that was a big popular. that was a big step. I mean, because we didn't have a lot. I mean, we were both Brenda was experienced in, in media. I was experienced in media. We didn't know a lot about organising 
business awards, but it seemed like the right fit. Other publications, media, let's do it. So did it. So we thought, right, we'll give this a go and we'll try it. I, I didn't think any of either of us thought it would last for this length of time. And we're now about to launch a second one, uh, Family Business Awards in May of this year. So that's but that's kind of the other side of the business, if you like. Yeah. I suppose, though, the last couple of years, um, you know, events were hit. Uh, oh, yeah. And when COVID struck, what was going through your head at that time? Oh, look, I mean, COVID, I mean, I was thinking about this driving down. There's been a, we've had a few challenges. We've been through economic downturns. We've been through the financial crash of a number of years ago. But the biggest challenge was probably COVID. I think it's the same. And again, I'm sure others will recognise this, that those early days, and I was listening to a lot of news about it on the radio today, but I mean, they're uh, looking back on those lockdown days, but those initial days when Boris Johnson stood up and said, right, we're going to have to send you home. You stay at home. You can't go out. You can go out for a walk once a day and, you know, everything has to close down. I remember it was horrific because we're thinking, well, you know, we don't have a salary. We're not, you know, we've, we've not, we, they, we, we depend entirely on this business. What are we going to do? So those initial, that initial week or so was just horrific and it was for everyone. And I had, you know, we had, I had people coming, you know, ringing me in tears and, uh, you know, just didn't know what was going to happen. Luckily, the government assistance kicked in fairly quickly and we realised we, we, we were, we were given a wee bit of a soft landing, but God, it was tough. Mm. And as you say, um, Events just disappeared completely, and we only got uh, we only got the uh, Business Eye Awards back last November, and even then, by the skin of our teeth, because the new variant came in shortly after that. So that's right, we, and everything was closed it. again. Yeah, that's it. And um, how it. how big a workforce do you have now? Or how did, many did you have to manage? We only have three full time still, and uh, other people will just we 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 we've quite a team of subcontractors, if you like, in terms of print, particularly uh, Paul Beatty, our designer, who, who who doesn't work for us, works independently. So it's a slightly wider team in total, but only three of us full time. Right. Yeah. So that and all and all working from home. So we're uh, we're now we've 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 stayed working from home. We haven't gone back to we for a small team like ourselves. We can do that. Absolutely, and actually, it's probably you know that that uh, that's perfect for you. And yeah, di- everything's digital. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I, well, I must say, I like it now. I quite enjoy mm-hmm. it now. At the start, I was a bit cynical. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, no, I need an office. I need to. And it's my, it's my probably an age thing. I felt, felt I needed this discipline. I don't think so now. No, it's less yeah. of a problem. Everybody has changed. Do you think you've learned more about yourself during this time? Yeah, I think so. I think we all have. Yeah. I think we all have. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things, just being based. I, if you said to me a few years back, you know, you're going to be working from home, I said, no, absolutely not. There's no chance I'll be, I, I will still be going out to an office and so on. So there, that's one thing. But I think we've all learned a lot, a mm-hmm. lot about ourselves, haven't we? A lot in, in terms of resilience, particularly. Oh, completely. Because we through it. And, you know, if you run a business through something like that, it's, uh, you know, it stands you in good stead. Must do. So how has it changed you, do you think, as a person going forward? Do you fear changes, perhaps, as much as you would have in the past? No, not in terms of the wider business spectrum. Absolutely not, because I can't. It's it's hard to see how anything could be an all could be a lot worse than being told to uh, that everything was closed and we've just simply got to stay at home. But I think we've got to, you know, I think what we probably failed to do a little bit is appreciate that, you know, uh, to appreciate being out in a restaurant, to appreciate being. We we we've really got to, you know, really got to pinch ourselves sometimes and think what we've been through. So uh, and really appreciate being out talking to people yeah. and being at business events. I've. Uh, I have, I have, I have the next couple of days, I have different events to go to, and I'm sure you're the same. So it's, uh, 
It's great to be out. Yes, it's uh, great to be doing it. Oh, you know, it's because, amazing, uh, isn't it? And after just so the many networking. times sitting watching Netflix and uh, yeah. drinking too much wine, you know. Yes, we all did that. <laughs> and the COVID stone yeah, that's that, it. that appeared over that time. Yeah, and I think we've learned a lot. We know that we don't need to. Uh, go to perhaps a place of work every single day, some of us. Um, we also know that we need more downtime, but we've we had a taste of what it's like to be locked up and now we're freer again, yeah. so we appreciate it. Absolutely. And are we more are we kinder, more compassionate to others, do you think? I'd love to think so. Mm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> when you look As around the world at the moment. Well, yeah, look around <laughs> yeah. the world, but you don't think so. But even you look, even look at, uh, at uh, the, uh, our local politicians, are, are they being any nicer to each other? No, they're not. Mm. You know, it's, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I'd love to think so. Maybe in terms of uh, you know, general public, yes, there maybe are. But uh, I don't see a lot of evidence of it. I'd love to. You know, it would be, nice be nice to see that. Yeah, that we learn some lessons yeah. going forward, be more compassionate as a society. Uh, so talk a little bit more about the digital transformation side of things. I was speaking to somebody yesterday who was involved in the digital transformation of the Irish news. And it was a super presentation, just literally showing the old tobacco stained newsroom, um, you know, where, where, but the very real problem that people weren't buying newspapers and magazines anymore yeah. and yeah. the yeah. do or die mentality around digital transformation yeah. some of the many of the old journalists said no way i can't you know my office stacked high with newspapers mess that's the way i work that's yeah. what happens yeah. how did you cope through all of that what was it you know difficult in terms of sales and what, oh, how did look, digital transformation help okay it was a challenge of course it was a challenge the first thing to say is we you know i think magazines are a little bit behind newspapers we first of all we don't sell we uh, we we mail out ah. to six thousand plus people on a monthly basis, that's the print version. So you're, uh, we will be. T- it's a, there's a subscription for some people, and we do. And we have mailing a mailing list for key decision makers. That's how we look at it. So we're not. People, you don't have to go into a news agency and pick it up because that would be a, a yes. challenge. Because I know I yes, wouldn't buy too would much now. I still yeah. buy newspapers, uh, and I, I, that's probably again that's a generational thing. My sons wouldn't. I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, but look, we had to change. I mean, we, we, we would have had in the early days of websites. We had a website. Yeah, it didn't do a lot, mm-hmm. but we had a it website. It was there. It was there. Um, uh, so that has, you know, that's changed completely. I spend a fair bit of every day updating the website. It's a news source for people. I've got, uh, I've, I've, I've got sources sending PR companies and others sending material in government, press, whatever, and we'll put them up. We will then use social media, obviously, and we've had to learn a lot about that. And again, for you know, someone of my vintage, that's taken a bit of getting used to. Uh, we also do. Uh, I, I do a blog uh, every Thursday, which is, has become very popular. We've got twenty eight thousand subscribers on oh. that. So we've embraced it, and I think we've done a fairly good job. Now we've had help. Uh, we've brought in technical people where we've needed them, and uh, I've had some very good advice and some very good assistance. And we'll we've used uh, we've used our designer to keep us right on these things too. So we've had to work hard at it. It's been a learning curve, yes, but it's great now, now that we're doing it. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy having to do stuff every day and uh, keep things up to date. You so know? I mean, you've hinted at, at what you do, but what does a day in the life of Richard Buckley look like now? Well, it depends. I mean, during obviously during lockdown, it was completely different. But at the moment, yeah, I'll spend a bit of time. Usually, each day updating the website. That'd be the first thing I'll do, and uh, social media channels. That keep an eye on that. First of all. Ideally, I want to be out meeting a couple of people during the day now that we're back to some element of normality. And um, 
I'll, I'll have usually a few, usually a, a busy week, a busy two weeks, and then a slightly less busy week where I can catch up on writing because writing is the, uh, I, things can pile up a little bit. I can talk to people, I can take a lot of notes, I can record things, and then I find it's all piled up, uh, so I need to get moving on it. So that those are the times, I quite enjoy that. I quite enjoy just having a period where I can uh, write get everything done and walk a dog in between that kind of uh, routine you know which works well and is yeah. writing your favorite part of the job oh, yeah for, well, well no uh, interviewing I know I still love interviewing people yeah, still love too. sitting <laughs> talking to interviewing people so both of those yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell us events some and you know being being out meeting people's lovely but uh, you know it's still I still prefer just to interview and write that's uh, ideally if I could do all that that would yeah. be I'd be quite happy it's a yeah. real privilege isn't it just that to is. share a space yeah. with somebody and talk to them so absolutely Tell us a little bit of something about you that perhaps not would surprise people that would, that they wouldn't know. What do you like doing in your in your spare time? Spare time, uh, we have my, our kids are, are largely grown up, so that's less of a problem. So we've plenty of we've, we've a little bit more time in our hands that way. Uh, I'll uh, we've got, I've got a border collie, so I spend a lot of time walking. He's he's very keen on walking. We live down by Sea Park in Hollywood, so uh, got a chance to be able to do that. That aside, I'm not. I'm. I'm a lapsed golfer. I don't play much now. I. What I do. I mean, I, I'm a big rugby fan. So we're season ticket holders at Ulster Rugby, and that mm-hmm. would be a big thing for me. But, uh, but no. Aside from that, and a bit of socialising, nothing. Nothing better than getting out for a little drink and a and a bite to eat somewhere. But that's about it. Bit boring, but uh, you know, Sounds it's what perfect. it is. Sounds yeah. perfect to me. And how do you manage work-life balance? I mean, yeah. obviously, you've started a business with your wife Brenda. Um, that it, it well talk talk to me. How does that work? Is it is it challenging? Or a do lot you of, a lot of people ask me. Yes. <laughs> we ask me this question. Ask Brenda this question. Ask both of us this question. We've been doing it for so long, Sarah. I think that uh, it's we, you know we did at the start. I suppose it, because we we met in a business environment, and uh, so we've been working with each other ever since. You know, and it's uh, it's something we've just got used to now. It would be nice to say that we get to six o'clock in the evening and we don't mention business for the uh, the rest of the day. But it you doesn't, know, it doesn't like happen. That. It no. just doesn't happen. We end up talking about it. Uh, sometimes we just don't. You know, sometimes things, you know, if there's nothing much to talk about, we'll talk about other things. But, uh, yeah, we do. We, we kind of live it. And yeah. uh, But that's, again... Some people might find that her find that a terrible thought, but we you know it's what we're used to. It's what we do. And if know? she wasn't there by your side, or you oh, I, I don't know, I couldn't, uh, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, yeah. it would be it's we're simp- we're a, we're a really strong partnership in, all, you in every are. way. And, and uh, you see that when I yeah, you know I saw you yeah. there recently at the Young yeah. Enterprise Awards, and you're very visible together. Yeah, you yeah. are a it's duo, a really strong uh, it's couple. What we've always done, and it's uh, you know it's a really strong partnership. So if Brenda wasn't there. I don't know what I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think the business would be the business certainly wouldn't be there I don't think it'd be there without you know if either of us was uh, missing but uh, so it's a very much of a partnership and we both got I think we both got a passion for it still yeah there are times you know when maybe you know you've got a uh, there's a couple of issues around the business so you're worried about something there are times when you think oh god I wish we were um, civil servants or something else that we could have a paycheck coming at least we used to think that I don't think we think that now no. but uh, we enjoy it but we still enjoy it yeah. And you have very clear, defined rules. Oh, to, yeah, clearly. I mean, you know, Brenda would say if she was here, I, I would be saying about how much I still enjoy this. 
Brenda would say, well, my, you know, she might, she, might, she might beg to differ in that she handles all the finances. She'll do all the, uh, you know, spent. I came back in yesterday. She'd been wading through a whole pile of invoicing. And, you know, sometimes she looks at me as if uh, <laughs> you get all the easy stuff. Okay. I'm out meeting people. The fun part. I'm writing. I'm maybe uh, out at an event and so on. I'm, I'm coming back in. She's wading her way through the financial stuff. So, yeah. That's tough, but so uh, again, it's the, it's the way it is. And she does the sales, so yeah. uh, and and you need that, my goodness, yeah. You, yeah so yeah. two different. But we can rely sets. on each other. I mean, I rely on her to do that, and she does it, and she relies on me to look after the. Well, that's uh, it. The look and feel and the content, and uh, she can't you know. sell something that's not good, no, and she has to right. trust you. Well, to, hopefully, to do that. hopefully, that, that's the plan. So, do you yeah. get? Would you? Would you be? I mean, not you go out and you meet people and everything, but would you be? Would you have time apart at all? And would you socialise separately, or are you always together doing that too? Oh, we tend to socialise together too, That's to be lovely. honest. But yes, with you know, they're tough. Obviously, she'll she'll do there'd be certain certain things that Brenda will do on her own, of course. Yeah, same for me. But uh, no, we tend to do things together. You have yeah, a really yeah. strong marriage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you could give you could give tips and. Well, I don't know whether I could give tips or not. That might be stretching it, but yes, it's uh, it's certainly a strong marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and tell us about your two boys then. Well, the older one is thirty, and he uh, Ribbon and uh, Ribbon uh, works in, in well in fintech, I suppose you would say, in you know mm-hmm. financial technology, mm-hmm. which is one for the future. And uh, he's working. He's currently working for KX, which is a branch of a company based in Newry First Derivatives. Yeah. So and uh, he, but he works. He lives in, at the moment in Glasgow, where he's been for a number of years. Uh, although he's thinking about perhaps moving back to uh, this island, but All we'll right. see. Younger one is in his final year at uh, Ulster University in Coleraine, uh, doing pharmaceutical bioscience. Wow. So he's literally coming up to his final exams. Uh, over the next couple of months, so he'll be finished and then hopefully be off the payroll. Well, that's he says. A, hopefully, that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in that situation myself too, and I and I can't wait. But you know, so there you go. You've got t- two fabulous um, young men that you've raised, and they potentially will go into the world of business, if not journalism. They'll be doing something in businesses and industries that didn't even exist mm-hmm. when you'd have it's been true. starting out. Isn't Very it true. incredible Very how true. the business landscape has changed? I mean, fin- you know, fintech's a good example. It's a word we use now in business. We talk about fintech investment and so on. But going back a few years, none of us would have known what fintech was. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's uh, it's totally different. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And how would you describe Northern Ireland as a base for all of these companies, both indigenous and those coming from overseas to invest in? You know, what is it that we have here that they love? Well, they do. They do. And I mean, I was with a company just last week who uh, who serve the private equity market. It's fascinating. They do, they do uh, back office work for private equity companies based in places like the Cayman Islands, Channel Islands as well, Caribbean, the, you know, they're, they're all around the world. And this guy just raved about how good this was. The people is the thing that keeps coming up. I mean, this guy, the, this, this uh, managing director said, look, the people are absolutely brilliant. Uh, they, we seem to be adaptable. We seem to be able to uh, do it. We seem, we really do seem to have the talent. And we're compared to other places, we're a low cost uh, place to work as well. Not necessarily in terms of people, but in terms of the just the costs of doing business locations. So, and at the moment, we have, uh, without getting controversial, we have certain advantages too because we're, you know, we're between two between yeah. EU and. And UK, and that some people may not agree with, but business per- person after business person tells me that it's a major advantage. So uh, we, so we, we, we are a unique little place. Yeah, yeah. And you're telling these stories all the time in Business Eye as well. But mm. um, 
you know, do you, do you, what way do you see the world of work changing? Obviously, uh, we've talked a lot about home working, remote working, hybrid working. We've got these city centres too that are sort of sitting there and yeah. people are still working from home. What do you yeah. see as being the future? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I think that that presents challenges, but it's the way it's going to be. And I think at the start of, of COVID, I'd have railed against it. As I said, I, I'd have thought, oh, no, I need to work in offices and we all need to get back to offices. I've changed my mind on that. I think, you know, it's driven by technology. We can work from wherever we want to work from now. And that's a big, big change. Now, City centre challenges, town centre challenges, I don't know, that is a challenge for them and it's going to be difficult for them. That's something we need to think about. We need to change use of buildings and we need to look at other ways of keeping town centres and city centres busy. But in terms of work, it's quite clear that it, you know that this works and that businesses can work no matter where their people are. And that's phenomenal. You know, it really is. It's a big, if you look at that as a positive. Exactly. And I, I probably looked at it as a negative at the start, yes. which was wrong. Mm-hmm. So look at it as a positive. It's it's a it's a game changer. The world's it's your really oyster. Good. People it, can uh, work yeah. anywhere, anywhere, be anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, my, my oldest son's a good example. He he wants to move. Uh, well, and within this company, within the company that he works for, he can, he, he doesn't have, all he has to do is be available to go and do a meeting should he need to. He can fly to London or he can go wherever he needs to go. But otherwise he can work from wherever he wants to work from. It makes no difference. But I think that our generation perhaps worry about the younger ones because they can be Hmm. working remotely. We had such great experiences, I suppose, when we started. You talked about the experience in more newspapers, learning from somebody sitting at their right-hand side and learning their trade. Learning is the thing that worries me. I don't, uh, you know, I I learned from people I sat beside, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that would worry me a bit. I don't. Or the socialising. And, and I've talked to some big accountancy firms and law firms and all about this, and they, they have similar concerns that they were bringing in young people during COVID who were sitting in back rooms, mm-hmm. uh, literally sleeping in a mm-hmm. back room, getting up, working in a back room, going back to sleep in a back room during the... And this, this, this you know, I don't, how, how do you learn? So that's a, that is a problem, yeah. But how do you must, learn? And also I think for your mental evolve. health? You and know, your mental yeah. health, yeah. This will evolve. Yeah, it's okay if you've got, you know, if you're... If you're on a decent salary and you're living beside the sea or exactly. whatever. And yeah, but but if you're in a back bedroom in the Holy Lands in Belfast or something, it's mm-hmm. not so good. No, you know? no it's not. And uh, so, so we've it's got something to get we need to right. think about. Yeah. We need to think about that, absolutely. So you, you've hinted um, and explained all about Business Eye, um, the subscription model, etc. The awards are back. In fact, you're doing more awards now. So the Family mm-hmm. Business yep. Awards too. Um, what's next? Well, I, I think you know we don't have any we don't have any ambitious plans to launch new magazines or uh, we, what or anything like that. What we will do is we're going to keep on developing the digital side. That's that's very important, and there's more we can be doing in that. There's always improvements to be made on digital. There's always opportunities in digital, so that would be the priority. Awards, you never know. Yeah, if we could get uh, if we could get maybe a set of three awards through a year, we would certainly do it. So we'd look at other awards. It's a good. Uh, it's been a good business model for us, and it's worked very very well. Print, print will stay with us. Magazines are a bit behind newspapers. That we do appreciate that people do, you know, don't consume print the way they used to. We have to be realistic about that. But people still, we talked about the, the Ken Brundle front cover all those years ago. People still love to be on our front cover. I can put, uh, I could go out and see a business and put them on uh, on Twitter or whatever. That's fine. But see, when you put them on your front cover, they send it to their mother. They send it to their whole family. They have it in the reception area. Still a big thing for them. So we've got, got a bit of lifespan yet. 
Absolutely. Now, Richard, it has been a joy talking to you so far, but I ask this question of all of my guests. Um, The purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as Business Eye. But what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? I, the first thing I'd tell them, to, I'd, I'd suggest that they do is talk to business people, talk to people. They, there's bound to be someone they know or someone else knows that has done this. doesn't really matter what the business is, even if it's not relevant to what they're thinking about. Talk to people who actually do it. And, you know, yes, you can talk to local authorities, you're going to talk to Invest NI and so on once you get a little bit further down their track. Don't start with that. Start by talking to actual, to people who actually live and breathe businesses. And they're, they're the best people to give you advice without, without any shadow of doubt. Richard Buckley, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, if you've enjoyed this one, then join me for another fantastic episode of the Public Eye podcast very soon. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.